Welcome to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast, a show that offers you tips and strategies to help speakers build the business of their dreams. Now here's your host, 30-year industry veteran and business coach, Jane Atkinson. Hey, welcome back to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. Today, we are podcasting once again from the lake, which is really quite appropriate based on our topic today, claiming your identity and living your best life. Our special guest is Angela Mulrooney. Welcome, Angela. Thanks for having me, Jane. Hey, tell everybody where you're coming in from today. I am coming in from Nicaragua. Oh, beautiful, because you're living your best life. And that's exactly what we want to talk about. We're going to work our way back to there. But let's start back at the beginning of your story. Since you were a youngster, you had a dream. It wasn't to be a speaker necessarily. What was it? What was your dream job? My dream job was being a dentist. Being a dentist. And talk us through, you grew up, you achieved that dream. Talk us through the buying of your first practice, et cetera. Sure. So at 24, I graduated and went out into the world and I was really, really shy. And so trying to work with grown-up patients was just torture. <laughs> so I decided to work with little kids because they were easy. Okay. Um, and that worked for me for four and a half years. And then I reached a point where I realized I either had to go to specialty school or pivot somehow. And I know you believe in mindset and all this stuff. And sometimes once you make a decision, the perfect opportunity presents itself. And mm -hmm. I ran into one of my old bosses who was working at this 78 year old dentist practice, seven, eight, and I was 28. So there was a five decade gap there and I walked into it and it was a complete disaster and I fell in love with it. So I decided mm -hmm. to buy the practice and see what I could do with it. And that carried on. Yeah, go ahead. So you were like, challenge accepted. <laughs> not, not, the, not the littlest challenge, but just, you know, really you set up. So you bought this practice that was really in a lot of trouble. And what happened next? I didn't realize really what I got myself into. The practice was mostly adults, which was my like fear zone. And so I ended <laughs> up having to just push through it and go, okay, I don't have the skills to do this. So I got to figure this out and start getting the skills. So I started being coached and started to learn how to talk to grownups, how to do treatment planning and do case acceptance and really learn sales, which is not that hard as a shy person because we're really good at asking a question and then shutting up and just letting people talk. <laughs> so ah. it, worked, it worked out really well. And I ended up turning it into a very specialized practice, even though as a general practitioner, I was doing, I was catering to phobics. So I did IV sedation, I did implants, sleep apnea, and full mouth rehabilitation for these kind of patients. So really, I felt like I was realizing my full potential as a practitioner, because I had like the dream skill set that most people achieve in their lifetime. And I was only 30 when I had achieved those skills. So it was quite, I was quite proud of myself, to be honest. Well, you should have been proud of yourself because you turned that practice around you became very specialized, a picket lane, you know, it's something yeah. that we, of course, we preach over here. And, but something happened that kind of stopped you in your tracks. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So just as everything was perfect, like I had the most amazing team I could have ever dreamed of. I had the most amazing patients I could have ever dreamed of. I had this skill set, And then I started to have pain in my drilling hand. And mm. it was the kind of pain that like makes you stop. Like you can't pick up anything, you can't type, 
it was like at the end of the day, I was just in tremendous pain. I was going and seeing a physiotherapist and he was loading me up with needles and trying to get the muscles to release. And so I was doing that almost every day after work to be able to get to work the next day. And it was really, really scary because this is what was making my money was right. my pick up a drill. Right. And now your livelihood is in jeopardy. And so you had to give it up at, at some point and say, okay, I have to surrender to this pain. Yeah. Well, it eventually came to the point that I was in the middle of a surgery and I was supposed to be actually taking the next week off on recommendation of my doctor, my physiotherapist. Mm. And my patient was laid open it was a pretty invasive surgery. And then I went to pick up my hemostat to suture my patient back together. And I couldn't act, my hand wouldn't actually listen and pick up my hemostat. So that was that moment where I went, Oh, moment of truth. This, wow. Yeah, this has shifted significantly from what I'd expected. So it was one of those moments where the world starts moving very, very slowly. And all these pieces, all these decisions mm-hmm. that you have to make in that moment to get the patient safe suddenly happened at warp speed. And, but that was the last day, unfortunately, that I got to drill. Oh boy. Okay. So this show is kind of about identity. Mm -hmm. You go through dental school, which is not easy. And, but did you graduate at an especially young age? What age did you start? I graduated 10 days after my 24th birthday. So I, I did the minimum years to get in. So I was lucky. I like applied and got in and Mm. finished in the amount of time that we were supposed to finish. So yeah, I got out of school pretty young, which I was very happy about because there was other people in school who they wanted to like stay and keep learning. I was like, no, no, I want to like drill. (laughs) Give me some power tools. (laughs) (laughs) You were ready to go. Okay. So this devastating blow comes to you and your business and that must've rocked your identity. What did you decide to do next after that? It took a while to decide Mm -hmm. what to do next, to be honest, because I everyone was telling me, well, you can keep the practice. Like you can just own it and you can have people working in it. So I -hmm. subscribed to that philosophy because that's what everyone was telling me to do. So I kept the practice going for two and a half years and brought in associates, which are like contractor dentists. And so unfortunately I had to take this practice that I had created that was specialized and take it back down to a very basic practice because the associates who came on didn't want to step into my boots because people knew who I was in the dental community. Yeah. And they were like, I can't be you, which kind of made me laugh. Cause I was like, well, I learned all this stuff so you can learn it too, yeah. but they just didn't have the mindset to actually do that. So unfortunately right. I turned it back to kind of what it was. And then I decided when the oil crisis hit in 2015, Calgary is where I was. And so yes. everything is based on oil. So yes. as it did a nosedive, I decided it was time to get out and move on with things. So I took a year away from dentistry completely because everyone in my community, when I talked to them, they just, they had pity for me and I didn't really want to be emotional or talk about it or see what their reaction was to it. So yeah, I took a year away from it and danced professionally and built my professional dance company called Unleashed Dance Company and just used because that to- of, of course, every dentist is a dancer. I mean, this makes perfect sense. <laughs> You are a woman of many talents. Uh, Well, it's funny because a lot of people in the dental community didn't realize that I danced professionally. My patients knew, but the dental community thought I had really like run away to join the circus and had lost (laughs) my mind. Yes. Um, But it was actually a natural path for me. So I did that and got my head back on straight and then kind of laid out the pieces of what I'd been through and realized 
I had done things that most dentists don't do in their full lifetime of their career. Mm-hmm. And I figured maybe I could take that and all the stuff I'd been through and use that to help other dentists. So I built Unleashing Dentistry's Potential, which is my business coaching company for dentists and started down that path of just trying to pass on my knowledge. Okay. So talk a little bit about how difficult it was just to give up the being a dentist. You know, we, we talk about moving out of one profession and into another and kind of sticking your claim as a speaker in this industry. What was that like for you? Did it take a long time for you to really kind of truly say, okay, I'm taking off the white coat. I'm moving into something else. Yeah, I kind of feel like that taking off the white coat really only happened this spring. Oh, I see. Which is interesting because this happened in 2013. So the injury happened in 2013, sold the practice in 2015, but there's always been like this hand still reaching back towards dentistry because that I'd wanted to be a dentist since I was two years old. So yeah. it was a big thing to let go of. And honestly, when people ask me what I do, there's still moments I catch myself where I'm like, well, I used to be a dentist yes, and now yes. I, and I'm like, what am I doing? Cause that totally dumbs down what I'm doing now, but it's, there's definitely still that, that reaching back towards that career. So it's been really hard to try and reinvent yeah. what I am and what I contribute. Yeah. And I want people to recognize that this is a process. It's a process. And so claiming what your next thing, I, I think for me, I have this, ability to kind of, I, I'm almost too forward thinking and maybe I'm not enough present thinking and, but I rarely look in the rear view mirror. So to, for me to leave a place and then go to the next place is really not that difficult. I know it's a lot more difficult for other people, but I think when you work hard to become a doctor, it, to not identify with that anymore is something that take it's worth noting it's worth this is a process it's an identity shift and so you helped other dentists for a long period of time and and your other company still continues to do that but really you started to say okay I am going to do this share what this is and then let's talk about the scope of your business today sure so what I do now is I really focus on helping experts mostly outside of dentistry, actually, to get out of their own way, to get out there with their personal brands so that they can actually change the world with what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's, you know, the ripple effect of that is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And so that's why you said it was 2013 when the injury happened, but it was really recently you had built up a company that did a lot for dentists and you've kind of passed that off to other people. Now you've really gotten what I've experienced of you over the last couple of years is just this laser like focus on this is where my sweet spot lies. That's all I'm going to do now. You've moved from Calgary to Nicaragua. Like this is amazing. So talk a little bit about the transitions that you've just gone through even in the past 12 months. Mm-hmm. Well, over the past 12 months, well, we're in the middle of the pandemic still, right? Yes. So I started to look at things and go, you know, I can do it all, but I can't. And, or I want to choose not to. And so, you know, when we had the shutdown with not being able to meet in person, my dance company got shut down. So mm. a few months into that, I was like, well, 
I have to, something has to give here and this isn't really working right now. So I decided to sell that off. Yes. And then the dental industry, when the pandemic first hit, I was like, oh, I'm going to save the world. And so I did 60 <laughs> broadcasts in 60 days. And at the end of it, I was empty and dentists didn't want to talk to me because they were so scared because their practices were still shut down. So I was like, okay, let's take our focus off that. And then on the other side, my uh, personal branding company was just taking off in spades. I'd gone from two and a half to 14 full-time team members in 10 months during the mm -hmm. pandemic. And so I was like, okay, let's focus over here. And what I've realized in the last little while is what I was doing by building all those different brands was I was hedging my bets because mm. I was afraid of failing that, you know, because like I knew what I was as a dentist, but I didn't really know what I should be doing after that. So I figured if I spread <laughs> my eggs between a few different baskets, if one yes. failed, then at least I had a backup plan or maybe two. And so that has been the biggest realization of being able to like let go of more things. And you know that in the spring, I, I sold off the agency part of my personal branding company. Mm -hmm. And then actually we're the fourth now. So four days ago, I sold Unleashing Dentistry's Potential as well. So it's allowed me to just like move all these pieces away, stop hedging my bets and go, this is what I believe I meant to do. And I'm going to fiercely believe in this and start moving this forward. Oh, so you're staking a claim and saying, you know, it's like putting the flagpole at the top of the mountain and saying, this is what I'm doing. This is the problem that I'm going to help solve. And how does it feel to have all, I mean, literally since I met you, I think you were spinning plates, Yeah. right? You had this plate over here and this plate over here and this plate over here. And slowly, you didn't drop them, but you let them go. You pass the baton to somebody else. Thank here, you. take this plate. Thank you very much. And so it's been really interesting to watch. And how does it feel not having all of those different things going at the same time? I'm having better sleep, <laughs> to be honest, because I was yes. waking up all the time going, <gasps> something has fallen yes. through the cracks, right? It was yes. awful. And I feel the like now about I can to drop. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And it was like, I wasn't sure where the plate had dropped and, mm. <laughs> you know, when it was going to happen. So it was, it was pretty scary because I, I don't know if it's the dentist me, but I expect a really high level of performance from myself. And so having that feeling like I'm going to fail is not a nice feeling at all. Right. Mm. So now I feel like I can hunker down and I can, I can just, I can go in and study what I want to be studying. I can take that knowledge that I have and just keep increasing it because my time isn't being split between three companies. Now I've got the yes. one to focus on and I've pared it back down. I'm actually working as a solopreneur now instead of having this agency with all these team members, mm. um, which is sometimes scary because I'm like, oh, I have to do it all. But <laughs> it's also, I can pare it down and go, well, this is this is all I have time for. This is what's going to give me the best bang for my bucks. So there aren't these little yeah. side projects that are taking me scrolling in other directions. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you can't have contractors working for you to do projects and things like that and to help exactly. support you, virtual assistants, et cetera. Yeah. Now talk a little bit about your periods of burnout that you may have experienced along the way by trying to spin all those plates. I think maybe when we first very, first got together, I don't remember how long ago it was. It feels like a couple of years. I think at that moment in time, you were really starting to suffer. Yes. And 
at that point I had, I still had the dance company. I had the dental company and I had the social media company. And mm. really what was happening was I was just trying to do it all. And I was doing it all well, but I was also working over hundred hours a week. Like it was, it was stupid how many hours a week I was doing. And mm. it was making me stressed. It was making me not want to do my work, but that perfectionist in me was still like, well, you have to do it. So I, I could yes. push myself through, but I was trying to not enjoy what I was doing. And so yes. that burnout also made me want to keep pushing harder. Cause I was just, I was afraid that I was going to fail. Right. That fear of failure has always been something in me. And I, it's, I guess it's that perfectionism as well, but that kept pushing me forward and kept allowing me to dig my hole <laughs> deeper and deeper every month right. until the point where the pandemic really slapped me in the face and made me wake up that this isn't working. Yeah. But it wasn't something that I could be like, Oh, I'm just going to close this company and close this company and just focus on this. There was, was a clients involved that had to be transitioned. There was, there was yeah, a lot that had to happen. Yeah. Long-term contracts and things like that, that needed to be, but really in that situation, the business was running you you yeah. were not in the driver's seat of the business. And I really want everyone who's listening to this today, maybe you can identify with that perfectionist nature, the personality type that is just a, a driver. And what's the word? An overachiever, an overachiever. I think probably there's a lot of people listening and speakers, a lot of them are overachievers. And I want you to really recognize that you want to be in the driver's seat of your life. You want to be the one who's running the business of your dreams and really just stop every once in a while and just take an assessment. You've done a really good job of checking in to say, wait, is this what I love? Wait, is this what I love? Like you've done that consistently over the past two or three years, multiple times. And I just see you giving up more and more and more and getting more and more focused. And I think it's a brilliant place to be. So you're sleeping better at night now as a result of that. What else is happening as a result of that? Well, it's funny because the fear of like shutting down something that's successful makes you wonder if you're just going to cut mm. off your income, right? But what's happened is right. since I opened up the possibility and the time to work with the clients that I want to be working with, to create media mastery through the personal branding. Now I'm attracting all those clients in and my income is actually increasing mm. because there's that space for them to come. And I have the time to have those conversations and hunt for those ideal clients that I want to work with because I'm not again, spread over three different companies. So wow. it's actually increased success, which, you know, it feels super counterintuitive. And I know for your audience, they're super talented people and it's hard when you are talented and you have multiple talents to just focus on one and realize that is the one that you need to pursue. And that's when you're going to change the world with. But once you do that, it does open mm. a world of possibilities to attract and be able to work with those ideal clients. Cause you have the time you've opened the time in your, your calendar and even your mind to be able, even able to deal with them. I think attract is the ding, ding, ding word there, because when you are really, really clear on the problem that you help solve, and you can talk about that on your website and only that, then people will go, oh, that's, that's my person. 
Angela, she's my girl. I need that. I need exactly what it is. Like this is a perfect fit. It's when you're trying to straddle two and three different things, your marketing gets incredibly muddy and it's difficult to sell. And you're just in the throes of, of redoing your website. It's so much easier now that you're focused on what it is that you want to do. So let's transfer over and talk about how all of this applies to your speaking business, mm -hmm. because that same clarity is being brought over. You have, you know, just a, a few speeches that you offer. I suspect when we met, you probably had about seven speeches that you did because you had so many spinning plates that, and here's the thing, many, many of you listening in can do many different things. But I think it was Joe Calloway who once said to me, or maybe we said it to each other, I don't remember, just because you can do it doesn't mean you should. And so let's talk about your speaking business and how this is going to give you focus moving forward in that. Mm -hmm. Well, it's given me focus to take the parts that I really love. Like part of what I do with other speakers is I teach them the physicality of storytelling. So mm. I get to pull in my dance knowledge with that and still use yes. that. I still get to teach people how to niche their business. It's not niching dental practices, but it's finding that niche, that's talent that they can move into. And then I can still also drive the personal branding, which is the basis of everything that I'm doing and helping them to share their expertise with the world. And so what I've realized is I don't have to have those three different lanes. I can actually combine those to create that experience on stage that I love it creating. Mm. So when you see me keynote, you will see the physicality of my dance come out. It's just part of how I tell stories. I want to create a physical and sensory experience for you, yes, not just yes. standing at a podium talking to you, right? Right, right. But then I get and to pull in that niching and that personal branding into what I'm doing and use all those tools in my toolkit in a way that is focused and makes sense to people instead of it being three different things that I'm offering. Right, right. So talk a little bit about living in Nicaragua and what that looks like and living the life of your dreams. So what do you see for yourself moving forward? What I see for myself is actually starting to live those perfect days, which is something that I remember when I opened your program and that was one of the exercises that we had to do is like lay out your perfect day. And part of it was being able to wake up near a beach and being able to get up and write and work with clients that I love and all these things. So it's actually moving here was part of that alignment with actually my perfect day. And mm -hmm. because I've narrowed it down to exactly what I love to do, I get to work with clients that I love as well. The other people who are trying to change the world with what they do. And so it just, I, all I see is potential moving forward. And it's not potential in like taking on more ventures, which is always tempting when you have different yeah. capabilities, but it's, yes, hunkering down and taking that this unique skill set that I have to the limit and seeing where I can push myself to understand it better and be able to deliver it better and be able to influence more people in their own business to help them to change the world. And that's pretty exciting to be able to know that that is really what I feel like that's what I meant to be doing. This was what I needed to go through the last few years to figure out how I could best help the world. I love it. And if you're listening in, I hope you're thinking about what your perfect day looks like five years from now. And maybe you're waking up next to a beach. 
I think that's what we are all about here at the Wealthy Speaker School. As I look over my right shoulder, I look out to the lake on the other side. It's fall here, so I'm seeing the leaves start to change on the other side of the lake, and it's absolutely glorious. And it feels being here doing a podcast on a Monday feels like I'm like a kid who's skipping school or something like that. Like, I get to do this. This is so much fun. How lucky are we, Angela, that we get to choose how to spend our time, who to spend our time with, where we're going to live. Let's just live the dream now. Why wait until we're retired to do this, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I feel fortunate that I got to meet you because you have pushed me along the way. Every time I hit (laughs) a stumbling block, you're like, no, 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 we can get around that and we can keep moving. So you've definitely helped with moving me towards my dream. So thank you for that. Well, you know, one thing I want people to recognize is that the mindset element is also a journey, right? You don't start, you're not kind of today where mindset was. I'm pretty sure when we first met, you might've not seen your way clear to any of what's happening today, but it was a one thought at a time, one feeling at a time that kind of took you moving closer and closer to it. And I just really commend you for hanging in there. Every time I talk to you now, it's like, well, I've gotten rid of more things out of my life and now I'm just really even more streamlined. So I'm really, really impressed. Congratulations with all of the things that you've done to build the life of business that's perfect for you. And if people want to get in touch with you, how's the best way for them to connect? The best way is send an email to Angela at AngelaMulrooney.com. Okay. And talk a little bit about the program that you offer that they might want to, what would be the best fit for speakers in terms of which program? Yeah, the best fit tends to be the 90-day media mastery program because okay. we really hunker down into what you represent as a personal brand. And everything like that you're that. doing is a personal brand, but most people are kind of helter-skelter with the message that's out there. So we dive deep into what your brand archetype is We dive deep into Mm. what the messaging is that goes with that archetype. We dive deep into really how you interact with the world. And then that lays the foundation for everything that you're doing. So how you speak from the stage, how you set up your website, how you do your social media, all that stuff starts to really work together as one beautiful machine that is completely coordinated. And it makes it. it super clear to the world what you offer and how you can help them. Yeah, I love that. And it's very intentional. You're moving from kind of haphazard, unintentional to incredibly intentional. Love the brand archetype idea as well. Well, Angela, thank you so much for being on the show today. If you've listened in, hey, let us know that you've enjoyed what you've heard. And with that, we will say, see you soon, wealthy speakers. Bye for now, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. If you need help building the speaking business of your dreams, head over to WealthySpeakerSchool.com and take advantage of our 20-minute next step call. Thanks for listening to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast.